Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Bray Wyatt's WWE release and the fallout from it. Darby Allen denies referencing CM Punk. Drama King Matt debuts for Impact Wrestling. Natalia undergoes ankle surgery. And Braun Strowman seems to be heading to Qatar to wrestle. This is the news. This is the news. This is a Sunday <laughs> edition of the news with myself, Andrew Pollard, joined by Michael Hamflit. Um, what are you doing there on the Sunday? We should probably say. Hi. <laughs> um... Just like in love with the content, mate. That's what it is. Like okay. I could be spending quality time with my wife and kids, but why would I do that when there's so much goddamn wrestling to talk about? Let's do that, shall we? Well, I, and we should start with, I guess, the biggest news of the weekend, of the week of, uh, we're now in August, but the, the biggest news of July, that Bray Wyatt <laughs> is the latest name to get axed by WWE. Um, a bit of a shocker, but then, I don't know, maybe not, because we've heard rumblings about stuff, about maybe he's not too happy there, and he has been inactive since WrestleMania 37 in that, um, obviously, that uh, seven-star Meltzer-rated match against uh, Randy Orton. And before <laughs> that, there was, of course, several months of inaction uh, over the last year or so. But yeah, Bray Wyatt has uh, has exited the building, as these social Michaels and, I guess, Elvis Presley back in the day. Uh, and since then, there's been a bit of a follow-up, a bit of an update from Fightful Select at first to say that the reason for this was the ever-familiar budget cuts um, line is what Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis made the call to Braun, uh, to, to Bray Wyatt and also to certain other uh, members of the roster to inform them of the news so that, yeah, it's budget cuts. We uh, we have to let you go. Sorry about that. Uh, enjoy Pasture's uh, new. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. how are you feeling on all this? It's all a bit, a bit weird. I think everybody's feeling every feeling, and they? they're so like budget cuts from John Laurinaitis is this generation's creative has nothing for you. Yep. In the fact that it's coming from his croaky voice and it's a complete lie and totally meaningless. Before we get into Bray, I think most of these cuts, firings, furloughs for the last year and a half always feel the same when they come down. You know full well, um, particularly this week when we've just had the quarter two earnings reports, that this company is in a position to not need to make budget cuts, and everybody that loses their job in the middle of a pandemic and despite what wrestling says a pandemic is still ongoing it doesn't feel necessary so yes i can understand why you wouldn't want to warehouse all your talent or keep them from working or whatever 
but sort people out with an income. You know, like yep. this is a difficult time. The industry hasn't just fully recovered yet. You were not sending people back onto a free and open and exciting and dynamic market. You were sending them into complete uncertainty when you don't need to. So I think it's regardless of what you think of any talent ever that, that's name ever appears in these lists, you can't like just ignore the cruelty at the heart of it, the corporate cruelty at the heart of it. Yeah, Bray himself is an interesting one. There was obviously reports earlier this year which haven't yet come out in a wash relating to this about how his mental health was. Um, a lot of people linked it, obviously, to the very, very tragic death of Brody Lee, but then, of course, that could just be related to anything. You know, it's an issue that, like, hopefully is going to be brought more to the forefront now. So that, I imagine, may come out in the wash as time goes on. But strictly in terms of a talent, it the discourse was instant and interesting. Bray Wyatt was a guy that divided everybody like seemingly very strictly on two sides of the spectrum. You either loved Bray or you hated Bray. And there was plenty of people that hated Bray, but the people that loved him funded all of that. So parroted the line that he was a creative genius, always put it on the company when the character failed, bought his merchandise in extreme, um, like sort of to, to extreme costs, such as the $6,000 Fiend title belt, to all the masks, to all the t-shirts, to, in every iteration of this character, there was, financial investment there um when there was equal amounts of people that just thought this is ridiculous this is actually bringing down an already pretty weak WWE product so it's, i think there's going to be those debates that are going to rage i worry that nobody learns anything from this the venn diagram between people online that i saw last night saying uh i cannot believe that WWE have made such a mistake in letting bray wyatt go and the people that were doing the we're not worthy pose for vince mcmahon when he opened smackdown is a flat circle and those people need to realize that this has been the case for as long as all the heads like us have been watching this product and i wish that people weren't quite as upset when they find out that their favorites are just as sam punk once said spokes in the wheel or as bret hart yeah. once said old horses you have to kind of live with the circumstances of the thing you have elected to follow unfortunately i hope bray white is all right and i say that as somebody that wasn't ever a big fan um, because I think his firing is unfair. But I think anybody that feels shocked by this has to do a bit of homework. That was it. When the news came out, it was like, there is an issue like, oh, wow, so Bray Wyatt's next. Um, and that, that could easily tie into like, you kind of killed that Fiend character dead when Goldberg beat him in like three minutes. <laughs> but enough yeah. of that sort of, uh, he's next. But yeah, with me, it was... It, it was that initial shock of like, oh, wow, this is this is big. But then within five, ten seconds, it's like, yeah, it's not all that surprising. Just because WWE is going to WWE and that budget cuts when we see the... Because there's so much, I guess, transparency now. They have to be the company in terms of their financials. Like you said, they've just had the quarter twos come in. Where it's like, we can see how much revenue is coming in. We can hear... we They champion on one hand these record mm-hmm. revenues. And then on the other hand, we go, sorry, lads and ladies, we haven't got enough money to pay you. We'll have to let you go. Uh, and also, there was... Uh, seemingly, there were plans as of literally this week that Bray Wyatt was going to be returning in August. Um possibly for SummerSlam. That seems like you know, the likely destination, but that's been cancelled. But yeah, shocking news. I'm sure we're going to get lots of fallout from this. And, and like you said, Hamlet, I think th- for me, the first thing I thought was, I just hope he's all right. Um, if, he, if he decides yeah. to stay in wrestling, great. If he doesn't, if he decides that maybe I'm going to walk away and try something else, great. Whatever the guy needs to do, whatever Wyndham Rotunda needs to do. But um, yeah, all the best with Bray Wyatt. And hopefully it's not the last we've seen of him. Still only 34, so there's still plenty left in that tank. 
No, indeed, plenty left in that tank. And indeed, as conversations swirl around where wrestlers might go, nice. we move nice. to pretty big news, thank you very much, from uh, Darby Allen, one of those uh, virtual meet and greets that you see now. And a little scoop has snuck out from one of them. It was with the Asylum Wrestling Store, as uh, reported by Post Wrestling and other outlets. Um, in relation to the promo he cut, of course, on uh, Dynamite on Wednesday, this was immediately after Tony Schiavone revealed the news that they were going to be running Rampage at the United Center in Chicago. It cuts straight to Darby Allen and the segues in Dynamite are almost never by accident unlike several you might see on the news today and in that promo Darby Allen talked about how there's a lot of men in this world that call themselves the best in the world those two things being put back to back along with a couple of other like really cute teasers from the likes of MJF later on in the show kind of presented AEW as presenting the perfect sales pitch for a guy they don't want to mention the name of and Darby Allen is seemingly on message. It was on this virtual meet and greet that he answered a question directly about CM Punk relating to uh, relating to uh, who he was talking about. And he said, quote, no, that's more Sammy Guevara, you know, because he calls himself the best ever. Yeah, well, people read into it too much. Sammy Guevara, he calls himself the best ever. So, and then he trails off and then it comes back around. It's cool, dude. It's awesome that people actually care and want to know what's going on. So... Um, fair play, I think, to Darby Allen for yeah. trying, obviously, to juggle now what is going to be a question that is probably sent his way in any open forum such as this. Um, AW played a blinder, man. Um, for those that might not have seen, they'd sold, I think it was 10,000 tickets in the first pre-sale, the closed pre-sale yeah. to the United Centre. We get the public pre-sale early next week. I think it might be Monday. And then general sale. And I mean, that's never felt more redundant a term. It doesn't feel like there's going to be many left available on general sale by that time. You're looking at a huge house for that um, first dance rampage. Uh, they have sold those tickets, of course, on top of a hot AEW product, but definitely on top of the, like, the promise but not promise of CM Punk. They even lingered when Tony made that announcement on fans chanting his name. Yeah. It's the polar opposite of when WWE fans chant CM Punk in buildings. I've been going back and watching um, well, watching Daniel Bryan CM Punk matches. Um, the, the Over the Limit match from what, 2012, which is just such a good match. But also, I think a lot of us have, because it's been Money in the Bank season recently, just going back and watching Punk at Money in the Bank in Chicago and just, I'm getting goose when I about this. It's it's weird to think yeah. about a WWE show and think of that reaction now. Of like of One, the reaction of me getting goosebumps, uh, but also the reaction of like a crowd. Obviously, it was a very unique situation, but like... You still have people that think like, well, what can CM Punk really bring to the table? It's like the, yeah, okay, it's been seven years, seven and a half years, whatever it's been, but um, six and a half years, seven and a half years. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been but a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's like the, that guy still has so much to bring to the table, and like you said, AW have been handling this so well with like. Well, all these teasers are there, but no, we're, we're pulling back at the, the, just at, at the right moment. But moving on from one possible arrival or probably, you know, definite arrival in AEW to a new arrival at Impact Wrestling. And last night, finally saw at the uh, the homecoming special, the Ed, what, the AEW, got AEW on the brain this morning, uh, the Impact Wrestling arrival of Matt Rayall, who you will probably know better as Aiden English. Now, uh, last month's, was it Slammiversary pay-per-view, they had that, that vignette where it was uh, drama, King, and it was all splashed on, and it was this, this unseen figure, which everybody thought like, yeah, that's kind of like Drama King Matt, because that's what he's been calling himself on Twitter for the last little while. Been wrestled on the Indies as Drama King Matt Morris, I think I think it was for a while, as well as his real name. 
Which is Matt Raywell. Um, but he debuted as a surprise mystery partner for Diana Perazzo in the, the Homecoming King and Queen tournament. And they went on to win the whole thing. First and foremost, they went through Hernandez and Alicia Edwards, then through GCW world champion Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. And then they beat the Decay's Crazy Steve and Rosemary in the finals to be crowned the Homecoming King and Queen. So, yeah, um, back in the fold in a, in a mainstream environment, Matt Raywell, I, I think to me, I think he's an extremely talented fella. And it's just great to see him back in the. Uh, in the spotlight, no pun intended. I think the positioning of him is kind of perfect here. The the old adage of, um, you know, English Aidens in the impact zone has gradually dissolved over the years. Impact has tried to move away from those um, TNA, quote-unquote, shock signings when they would bring people in, um, save for one awkward Matt Stryker call when he just couldn't help himself after yeah. the debut. The rest <laughs> played out spot on. It was the presentation of a guy that looks and feels like a star without yeah. feeling like getting the value range WWE wrestler, which used to be such a problem. The king and uh, queen being the drama king and the virtuosa, it's kind of perfect. When you look at those brackets now, there's nobody seemingly more suited for these roles than those two. It allows for part-time teaming together, which is only going to get over this already awesome reign of Diana Brazo as the Impact Women's Champion. Her stardust might actually rub off on him which yeah. is pretty beneficial for a debutante in Impact Wrestling where the product is very occasionally hot, but more in moments than in significant matches or long-term stories. I think like as, as somebody that doesn't get to watch as much Impact as I would like, I Diana Perazzo is an appointment wrestler for me. So I will now, I guess find myself catching more of Matt Raywalt than I maybe would have done previously. Uh, I think it's a great way to bring him in. I think it's a really good fit. I just think it's somebody that has such uh, ability. He's, he's he's good in the ring, but it's just that, I don't know, It's again, it sounds cliche because of the character he's portrayed, but it's the performance that he brings, that the, I don't know, his cadence, his bravado, the that whole presentation. And I think Impact nailed it on night one for him and looking forward to seeing what's next for him. Um, but some less fortunate news I think you've got now on the injury front. Yeah, from a woman's champion that might not be appointment viewing unless that appointment is at the doctor's. Andrew Pollard, are you having that? Because Natalia is obviously going to be giving us an update on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. I work too often with Adam Wilborn, I'm sorry. Mm. She's going to be giving us an update tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, um, if you're indeed watching this on Sunday. She was injured, of course, in the match against Dewdrop and Eva Marie. Uh, had to be helped out. Um, this was followed up by news that she was going to be getting surgery. Um, there was a lovely interaction in exchange with uh, Uncle Brett, um, where he wished her well coming off the back of the surgery. Um, we have since sort of had like various, I guess, conflicting reports but the general gist I think from uh, PWI was suggesting that um, she is not going to have to be off that long that they will need to surrender they being Natalia and Tamina pronouns pal surrender the women's tag team titles um, on that probably for the best because that division is not in a great state and it's found a semblance of stability with those two but um, going forward as well Natalia is kind of one of them talents again finds herself a little bit divisive but offers uh, great help to the women that maybe aren't getting enough reps in still with the lack of a sort of functioning house show circuit. We've seen before how many wrestlers talk up Natalia as somebody just to work with to help their experience. Surely you would imagine WWE would be wanting to get her back in there as soon as she feels physically able. Yeah, and it is when you look at like, well, we, we were talking off air about Trish Stratus, how she was out injured for four months as women's champion back in the day and they kept the title on her. And you're thinking, that was purely because there was nobody really suitable at that time to, to take the belt. And that's the case now. It's like you look and thinking, 
well, you are the really good tag team in the Iconics. Speak to Adam Wilborn. I can hear him crying somewhere in the distance now. But um, you had like really good tag teams in the Iconics. You had the Riot Squad. But now it's like you look at the the land, well, the land of the lay, the lay of the land of the women's tag division, and there isn't really one. It's just like keep it on Tamina and and Natty for as long as you can, I guess, at this point uh, until. I don't know. Like, even like Man- Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke isn't a thing now because obviously no. Dana, uh, uh, Mandy, sorry, seems uh, destined to be back in NXT full time. So yeah, they're, they're, it, just keep it on them as long as you can. Hopefully Natty is uh, it's a full and swift recovery. Um, and it does seem from the reports it's going to be a case of weeks rather than months, which is always great to uh, to hear. Also Serena Deeb, I noticed, has, has got, um, she's dealing with any injury she said as well on social media. Yeah. So all the best to her because you, you talk about Diana Parasso as one of the best in the world. Natalia just on this pedestal as, as this legend of the, of the business and Serena D man again appointment viewing for me whenever she's on where Absolutely. it is it's just like let's watch this woman just tear people apart it's, it's great yeah. it's brilliant and speaking of every tearing all, apart every and all get well soon to her by the way yes yeah like I, I, if, if there was any way to get her in and fit and good to go in time for Britt Baker at All Out I can't see a better opponent up and down that roster than Serena D I I would love to agree, and I kind of do agree, but then there's also, I mean, yeah, maybe all that's too soon, but there is that, that Thunder Rosa matches on the horizon somewhere. That's true, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the whole, the classic story of like, well, you beat me, but what did you beat me in? It was unsanctioned. It's the, yeah. the Jericho and oh, Shawn Michaels. True, true. It's, um, it's, but I've way there's options there. I think Serena Deeb or Thunder Rosa to challenge Britt Baker down the line. I've way I'll be tuning in to see that, and I expect Thunder Rosa to beat her eventually for the title, and then maybe mm-hmm. we get Rosa and Deeb. I'll be cool with that as well. Um, oh, yes, please. Yeah, um, but from one, uh, well, three injuries there to somebody who's just a, a beast of a man who is fighting fit and looking in phenomenal shape these days. That was a really random segue. Uh, Broad Strowman, you have to give it the big one of that, is um, seemingly set to, uh, all you can do with choo-choo, the train noise. Either way, works. I'd have gone with the first one. I think you nailed it. It's yeah. Right. Um, Braun Strowman has seemingly got set for his, his first post-WE wrestling match not just an appearance we've, we've heard about appearances we saw him at that that bare knuckle championship uh, card mm. a couple of weeks ago maybe last weekend um, but as has been reported by PWI by Pro Wrestling Insider Strowman is currently expected to wrestle at Qatar Pro Wrestling's Super Slam 3 I, I'm, I'm intrigued what happened at Super Slams 1 and 2 but maybe I'll never find out um, that doesn't take place until February the 26th of next year despite me writing 2002 down here because it's it's Sunday morning um, but it's in Doha, Qatar and uh, the, the report says that Strowman's due to fly out and sign a deal in September the card already has John Moxie on it Brian Cage Sammy Guevara EC3 Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay advertised. Of course, Ospreay currently out injured. Um, so hopefully he's back in time for that. But this is February of next year. The deal supposedly being signed in September. To me, that screams to WWE. If you do want Braun Strowman back, you need to get him before September. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one, this. If only because of Braun's current placement in the wrestling landscape. You mentioned um, Tanahashi, uh, obviously representing New Japan. Um, you've got John Moxley, Sammy Guevara, and I think Brian Cage from the yep. AEW side of things. Yep. And, we are and EC3, and EC3. Can't forget EC3. And it, I can't forget EC3. WWE, so, who, I guess, but... <laughs> who I guess would be considered Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. But, he's listed as RH as EC3 here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like this is a show that is using vast resources to bring together people from this open universe wrestling that we find ourselves in. An open universe that WWE has completely isolated and insulated itself from. So Braun Strowman is kind of forcing them 
to make a choice on him. He either becomes part of that and like starts staring ruefully towards the forbidden door and all the colleagues that he's going to work with on that night that walk through it, or WWE say, no, we want you with us. A bit of... 4D chess from the Monster Among Men that I don't yeah. think many of us would have expected. Yeah, yeah. That's something that needs to be gone into, I think, on this. But if I just said to you a year ago or even six months ago, my God, Flip, that you would see Braun Strowman and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, on the same card, would you believe it? <laughs> they were both once aces of their own universes. Maybe that's the dream match. Maybe that's the one you book. Well, I, I think the Strowman Express with a dragon screw. You, just, you know, takes him down. No, I'm really. Um, um, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I'm just looking at it here, and instantly I'm just thinking it's going to be Strowman versus Cage. You you can't if you've got those mm. two meaty, beefy boys on a card. It's like maybe that's what we get, but I, I don't know. It's like we said, it's uh, September that the deal is supposedly being signed. The show itself is not until February of next year, and that's Qatar Pro Wrestling Super Slam Three. Coming to uh, Doha, Qatar, sometime near you. I don't, I don't know. But it feels like this is uh, the right way to wrap up this Sunday edition of the news. Um, thank you for joining us, Michael Hamlet. Uh, I have been Andrew Pollard. Uh, where can people keep up to date with you on the Twitter? You can find me at Michael Hamlet. Okay, and be sure to follow us at What Culture Wrestling on Twitter. Follow me at Culture Left Peg on Twitter. Um, have a great Sunday, and we will uh, we'll catch you all soon. 